You know we love spooky things. This is why we fell in love with Michigan-based Lynn B. Designs. When I popped the pumpkin spice all the things wax melt into my burner, my home was filled with a delicious buttery scent. Plus, there's the wide variety of a gorgeous nail polishes with themes like Hocus Pocus and Pleasant Peninsula. All products are vegan and cruelty-free, and you can find monthly sales on Facebook and Instagram at Lynn B. Designs. Head to lynnbdesigns.store today. Again, that's L-Y-N-B-designs.store. We love them. We love you. It's great nail polish. It's the best I've ever used. Thanks! Michiganders can be a superstitious bunch. We find all sorts of reasons to explain the world around us, sometimes pulling from science, sometimes tradition, and sometimes from, from our imaginations. What happens when we can't readily explain our experiences? And what happens when a ghost story gets out of hand? Do these legends stem entirely from fantasy? Or are people seeing things no one can truly explain? I'm Krista K. Coburn. And I'm Kay Gray. Welcome to Haunted Mitten. for you this week yes we haven't delved yes <laughs> we haven't delved into the topic of ufos or uaps as the government now calls them weirdos uh, but michigan has some incredible cases that we thought fit right in with haunted mitten not to mention that i love this topic as much as ghosts and other high strangeness so be prepared for me to go into full conspiracy mode so because i will i'm doing it dun 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 Incorporating the extraterrestrial seems like a natural extension of everything we research. Anyway, this definitely won't be the last we have to stay on the topic either, because Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this particular flap, uh, what groups of sightings of UFOs are called, they're called flaps, is far from the only one in Michigan. We're a weird state, for sure, and not just for hauntings and dogmen. So let's get to it. March 1966. Dexter. Frank Manor and his son Ronald spotted strange lights in the sky while tromping through the swamp, fog, marsh, at night. I have no idea why they were in the swamp at night, but that's where they were. One source says it was on the farm where they lived, so that's probably it, but just in case, they were just in the swamp. Fog, marsh, whatever Michigan has. According to Click on Detroit, the men saw, quote, a brown luminous car-sized object with a scaly or waffled surface, cone-shaped on top, flat on bottom, or like a football, and two bluish-green lights on right and left edges that turned bright red and helped illuminate uh, the object in between. Lights blinked out, and the object reappeared instantly across the swamp 1,500 feet away, end quote. They continued watching the object, and after a few minutes, lights appeared from the forested ground some distance away from the manors. They seemed to be signaling to the craft, which then took off at, quote, lightning speeds over the men, making a whistling noise. And all the object was in the area invisible for about a half hour. Uh, but this was just March 20th. And while it may have been the catalyst sighting that year in Michigan, it was far from the only. Six days before, Washtenaw County Sheriff's deputies spotted strange lights in the sky over... Lima, Lima Township, moving faster than anything they'd seen before. 
And 40 miles away in Sylvania, Ohio, police officers were seeing lights remarkably like the ones in, in Lima, Lima. And 50 miles away, Selfridge Air Force Base reported seeing odd lights in the sky that evening, too, in the colors red, green, and yellow. You'll be hearing a lot of the word and in this one, fam. I just had a quick question. Yeah. Was Lima where Glee took place? Uh, that uh, Lima, Ohio, not Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. This one's Michigan. Oh, okay. So it might be Lima, because I think that's how they pronounced it. Yeah, that's, that's how they did it. That's how the, the one in Ohio is pronounced. I presume it's the how it's the one in Michigan is pronounced, but based I don't on the way know. Pronounce things. <laughs> I don't know what I apologize. <laughs> if it's Mylan, <laughs> then... It is Mylan and Orion. Orion, I can at least explain with French. Yes, Mylan... <laughs> No. Island has no excuse. Nope. It had a city. There's already that city, and it already has a very distinct name. Yep. Just use that one. Nope. Okay. <laughs> okay. A few days later, still before the 20th, lights were spotted in the sky again by sheriff's deputies all over Washtenaw County. Michigan Today wrote in an article from 2014, quote, one deputy reported seeing something floating in the sky that looked like a child's top, red, green, and yellow in color. It was fantastic, he said, like something out of science fiction. You couldn't believe the thing unless you stood there and watched it, end quote. There are photos of these lights, actually, taken March 17, 1966, by Deputy David Fitzpatrick and posted in the Ann Arbor News, um, which we actually have a link to. We do. Uh, he described the crafts as, quote, like a child's top with a blue-green light on top and yellowish-white lights along the body. He and his fellow patrolmen watched the lights from about 4.30 in the morning until past sunrise after 7 a.m. The night after the manor sighting, more than 80 students on Hillsdale College 50 miles southwest saw something in the sky. And in the days following that, reports came in from all over, Celine to Detroit, of strange lights appearing in the sky. And while not all of these reports consisted of the same colors or shapes of lights, everyone saw something. And on the morning of the 29th, two deputies witnessed an object in the sky over the county jail, um, the one that I believe is the one off of Hogback Road in Ipsy. They don't give an address, but that's the only county jail that is around now. And 1966 was not long enough ago that I would think that it would be a different building, but who knows? Yeah, that's the only one I'm aware of, too. Yeah. So that I think it was that one. They gathered other patrolmen and deputies and watched the object for nearly 75 minutes. Others in the area witnessed something similar in Sio Township and Webster Township. Reports came in from about 7.30 in the evening until about 4 a.m. the next morning. The object was described as having yellow lights or orange or brilliant white. One 14-year-old said he saw the object, quote, explode, but it was completely silent. But it was the manor sighting that really exploded the story by seeing the object in much more detail than the deputies had the previous evenings. And this time, the object appeared to be signaled by something on the ground, something none of the other witnesses could attest to seeing. It was this incident that got the U.S. government and UFO research groups involved. If you're not familiar with the world of UFOs, 
you might have at least heard about the recent government involvement with disclosure and UAPs. This is hardly the first time the U.S. government has gotten themselves involved in the phenomenon. You probably recognize the town of Roswell, no matter how much you know of weird lights in the sky. And the man who came to investigate the flat might ring a few bells, too. J. Allen Hynek was an astronomy professor and investigator and researcher for Project Blue Book, the U.S. government's systematic study of UFOs that ran from 1952 to 1969. He came out to Michigan to interview witnesses and get more information on the lights everyone in the Southeast had been seeing. Upon his arrival, he found the entire scene a mess. Reporters swarmed like flies around witnesses, and he had a very difficult time speaking to anyone for any length of time. Uh, this also might have been because his jaw was wired shut after a serious injury, but hey, yeah, you make do with what you've got, right? Right. According to Michigan Today, quote, he found the situation to be one of near hysteria, a media circus attended by hindering crowds of sightseers, thrill seekers, and the usual assortment of eccentrics. I take that personally. At the Manor's Dexter Farm, a man who identified himself as a university professor sat in his car blinking the headlights in Morse code, attempting to contact the supposed aliens. Another man brought a fiddle with which to serenade the UFOs, end quote. In other words, the public had gotten a hold of the story and run with it in zigzags and circles while screaming, sometimes literally. And fiddling. I love that. <laughs> But yeah, given the time, given the location, this does not surprise me at all. <laughs> no, no, no. With all the with all the research that we've done about yeah. <laughs> such 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 weird things and such not weird things in the time period, yeah, that sounds about right. And the '60s around Ann Arbor, a oh, whole what? Oh, yeah. oh, what a time! There, what a there's time a reason we have a reputation. For... <laughs> what? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> So it might be because of his frustration uh, with the lack of professionalism at the scene that Heineck proclaimed his findings not long after his interviews. Michigan Today claims he was pressured by Project Blue Book to provide an answer sooner rather than later, leading to his press conference a mere two days after arriving in Michigan, where he gave the now infamous answer to all things UFO, swamp gas. Dun, dun, dun. This is where the often-touted quote-unquote answer came from originally, Frank and Ron Manners citing in Dexter. And while its frequent use can be frustrating to a lot of UFO researchers and experiencers, it is kind of cool that the whole idea came from these 66 Michigan sightings. It's a little bit cool. It's a little bit frustrating. It's both. Yeah. It, it's only cool because we're from here. It, yes. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if we weren't uh doing this podcast already interested in this subject and if at least one of us wasn't from here this would just be like who cares <laughs> but like, we're from ah, here so it's cool again. <laughs> washtenaw county sheriff doug harvey said in a 2021 article um from the sun times news which i just happened to find while i'm researching this in 2021 so i think that's also pretty cool nice Quote, as soon as we got back to the jail, he had a call from Washington. He went in my office. 20 minutes later, he comes out of my office and he says, the press was there. We have definitely discovered that it was swamp gas. End quote. Heineck had suddenly gone from, I really don't know what it is, to it was swamp gas in a matter of minutes, wrote the Times. And that's where it died, said Harvey. Yeah, that is frustrating. That's it's not like 
Yeah. Like we don't know what swamp gas looks like. Uh, yeah, we definitely get to that point. <laughs> yeah. So, however, we do need to point out that Heineck absolutely regretted ever saying it. He's actually he's somewhat infamous for regretting it. Uh, the backlash was almost instant with articles titled Air Force Insults Public with Swamp Gas Theory by the South Bend Tribune. He later took it back, saying at a UFO symposium that he had made a hasty judgment and or that the media had, quote, misunderstood what he had been trying to say. Fascinating. It's difficult to determine what he really believed or what kind of judgments he made based on his very limited time in Michigan. Maybe the Air Force did push him to decide too fast. Maybe he just regretted that the swamp gas theory became the prevailing one of cynics everywhere. Either way, there's little doubt dozens of people in Michigan saw something unusual in the skies. This event led to national news, too. Walter Cronkite himself did an episode of CBS Reports titled UFO, Friend, Foe, or Fantasy in 1966. It's all on YouTube if you want to watch it. It's it's kind of amazing that something like this got the attention of the Cronkite. It's, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this shows that people like took it more seriously back then. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's actually, as much as I love my paranormal TV, I think it's actually the fault of paranormal TV that stuff like this is no longer taken any kind of seriously yeah yeah it's just it's it's everywhere and it's all become no matter how seriously like the tv show or whatever is taking it to the outside world it's just it's a giant joke yeah like i I can't imagine someone like walter cronkite doing this today oh no 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 like journalist worth his salt which granted is few and far between at this point would ever devote the time to weird shit in the sky in a, in a state especially like Michigan right and so while we're focusing on the Michigan sightings in particular it's worth pointing out that UFO sightings were happening across the U.S. from California to New Jersey in fact 1965 through 1967 was one of the biggest flaps in recent history you might even know some of the incidents that happened within that time frame, some of the biggest being the Exeter incident and the Kecksburg crash. And let's not leave out that everything Mothman happened in 66 and 67 in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. It was a huge decade for UFOs, with Michigan just being one part of the phenomenon. And at some point, I'm going to sit down and research all this stuff thoroughly. It may go on Patreon much later. We'll see. Or it might just be for me. you gotta you gotta share that it is kind of wild because i i knew some of this i mean i watched like sightings and and shows like that growing up i didn't know about the dexter swamp gas connection until um i'd say the last couple years uh because there is some info on the ann arbor district library's website and one of the things that we did while we were closed was kind of beef up some of our old articles and um get things onto computers that were only in print and just general archival data stuff. Um, And that was one of the things was the Dexter um, sighting. And I thought, whoa, that's cool. So I looked into it a little bit more. Um, There's a great presentation by, I think it's the Livonia Library. Um, There's one of their research librarians does a presentation. It's a little dry, but it is fascinating um, if you can get through it. 
if, if you don't have an ADHD brain like mine, maybe you can get through it easier. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's, it's a full on presentation. He's got slides and everything. It's great. But like a lot of this other stuff and these connections, I didn't know about, or I, I wouldn't have made those connections, even if I was aware of them. Oh, for sure. And I didn't even, one, I wish that I could have worked for AADL while you were typing up all this UFO stuff, because that's amazing. Uh <laughs> <laughs> hey, talk talk to Andrew, see if you can volunteer. Can I do more UFO things? Thank you. That's all I want to do, though. So uh, you can <laughs> <on> the desk. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, but I actually didn't, I didn't know about the Swamp Guest thing until I started doing this research. I, I tried, well, I cursorily tried to find the Livonian um, presentation and I couldn't just find it offhand. So I was like, oh, I'll come back later um, and then forgot. Okay, I think I have it bookmarked. I can send it to you. That would be amazing. I would love to watch that. Uh, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't, like, I knew that it was Heineck that uh, was the first guy to say Swamp Gas, but I didn't know in which sightings it was related to. Right. And I remember growing up and it was always a joke because Michigan is very swampy, boggy, marshy, what have you. Like I grew up um, when I was a young child, right down the street from a bog. We went there all the time. So it's like Swamp Gas was like an extra joke because people know what Swamp Gas is. <laughs> like, like, no, these look different. They're a very different phenomenon. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the uh, the newspaper said it was like, you're you've just insulted an entire state. Like we don't know yeah. where we live. We don't yeah, know where much. we're from. <laughs> Do you know how wet this state is? Like we all live in the swamp. We know what swamp gas is. Yeah, like this is just <laughs> so ridiculous. It's so it's just I don't know. It's and I've seen things in the skies that I can't explain, and it's. Swamp gas doesn't go that high <laughs> that I've seen. Um, everything I've seen has been very much up in the air. Well, and I feel like anybody who looks at it for more than like a nanosecond can figure out the difference between something um, gaseous and something solid. Yeah. And maybe you can't if it's at a certain distance. I have no idea. Um, I'll be honest. I had to look up pictures of swamp gas because I'm from a desert. <laughs> right i didn't right. know swamp gas was real yeah um i assume i assume that's probably why it caught on the way that it did is because yeah it's not i mean it's common here but it's not necessarily common everywhere oh i absolutely thought it was just a joke like i legitimately thought that swamp gas was not an actual thing and that um and much like ball lightning which we know is a thing it's just so rare that it itself is a joke that right. it, it was just this thing that was made up like oh you know these these backwoods people don't know what swamp gas is kind of yeah thing. And it's like mm, people who live on a swamp they're gonna know what that is <laughs> <laughs> um but we live here <laughs> right and this is it's the same thing as like willow wisps right or will of the wisps yeah, and that, I mean, that goes back countless centuries, um, especially in England and, and the, the British Isles in general. Um, that's actually the word jack-o'-lantern, since we've just come off of Halloween. That was another word for swamp gas. They oh. Thought, they thought that the, I, I like, will-o'-the-wisp, like, will was a real person. 
quote unquote real person he's a folklore person which i didn't know until i was researching the history of jack-o'-lanterns um i just learned that right now so cool yeah and this was like a couple months ago that i learned this the the jack oh the lantern the lantern was the swamp gas oh okay and I, I feel like like one was more Irish, one was more English or, or some part of England because, you know, there's several different cultures actually within the British Isles. Right. Yeah. And they, they used to think they were, you know, ghosts leading you astray or whatever. So they must be fairly common for these for these uh, phrases to be so common and to have come on and become part of our culture and so forth. Right. So exactly. People yeah. People know what they are. Right. And especially, like, if you're telling this to the manors whose farm is right next door to a swamp, I figure they're like, do you think that we're idiots? Right. Okay, right. Mr. Like, astrophysicist, is is it because we're farmers? Like, is yeah, that why you're just... These, these backwoods guys, like, no, they're, they're the people who are the most likely to yeah. know what it is. That's, it's like, um... It's like when people try to tell off like seasoned hunters that have seen Bigfoot that yeah. what they saw was just a bear on its hind legs or something. And the hunter is like, do you know how often I am in the woods? Right. How right. often are you in the woods? So please, people in charge of things, stop telling us what we're seeing. It's not what we're seeing. Although I think I am going to start calling them like some of the other words for the phenomenon. We've got uh, will-o'-the-wisp, will-o'-wisp. Ignis fatuus, which is Latin for giddy flame. And the, the plural is ignis fatui, in case you wanted to you do oh, that. Thanks. Uh, ghost lights, which is fun. Uh, Jack-o'-lantern, friar's lantern, hinky punk, and hobby lantern are all names for this phenomenon. So we, we know what this is. Oh, apparently the paulding light has been called a will-o'-the-wisp. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, that actually, you know, that actually would kind of make some sense. Doesn't make sense about dancing along the uh, power lines. No. That sounds much more like ball lightning, as we said, is very rare. But if people are parking down on the bridge where it's a marshy, wet area, that actually could be Will of the Wisps coming up and, and moving around their car and disappearing. Hmm. Yeah. And that obviously is different than the light that you see that could... Well, some of them they they showed are car lights, but I'm yeah. sorry, not all of those lights were no, freaking no. cars. No, <laughs> cars don't come up to you and drive around you in circles, and if they do, you know. Um, <laughs> I should hope that you know that that is a car, right? <laughs> yeah, will the wisps actually? It could be. Yeah, it might. Interesting. I that did not even occur to me during the polling light episode, but. That could be one explanation. Yeah, me either. Again, because I just at, even when we when we did that episode, swamp gas was a literal joke to me. Right. So I had no idea that it was real. And I haven't seen much. I think I did see some when I was a kid because, like I said, we lived down the street from a bog. But yeah, interesting. And it says they're typically attributed to ghosts, fairies, or elemental spirits. You know, in, in folklore and such. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna get kind of weird with it. Uh, we're going to talk about UFOs in just a second, back on the Paulding Lights, because <laughs> I do want to ask about the government part of this UFO thing. Um, so possible elemental spirits or fae or something like that for the Paulding Light. It has kept going and been co so consistent because people come and see it every night, therefore feeding into its existence. Oh, yeah, it's giving it that energy. 
Yeah. Just yeah, a thought. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. Cause I mean, we've been together and, and separately to several different haunted locations and nowhere was there a party going on like the Paulding light. Yeah. No, not even a little bit. Yeah. No, if we go to a haunted location, either it's completely abandoned or is set aside for this specific thing and no one else is there. Or in the case of like the Denton Bridge, it's just a neighborhood and no one's around because it's nighttime. Right. Like there is not a group of people gathered to watch this specific thing. Like there is the Paulding Light or like the Brown Mountain Lights or any of the other, the Marfa Lights, any of the other states that have um, weird, unexplained lights. Right. And I'm reading from Wikipedia. I just looked up Will of the Wisp because I was trying to find what some of the other names were. And like this gives it as, as a given. It says notable Will of the Wisps include St. Louis Light in Saskatchewan, the Spook Light in southwestern Missouri. Great name. Uh, Marfa Lights of Texas, the Naga Fireballs on the Mekong in Thailand. That sounds amazing. That sounds um, badass. The Paulding Light in Upper Peninsula of Michigan and the Hestalen, Hestalen light in norway so like they take it as a given wikipedia is like yeah that's paulding light is, is uh, swamp gas huh okay a little bit wisp and that's of all of the research we did <laughs> paulding light, of all of the reading of all the talking to people not once did oh there will of the wisps come up no and here it is on wikipedia i was just looking under the wrong entry apparently uh, i guess so no it never even occurred to me that that could possibly be it <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Oh my god, we solved it. Done. This is why we do the show. <laughs> oh no, our career's over. Oh no. Yeah, I like uh in the US they're called spook lights, ghost lights, or orbs. Ah, orbs. Please don't get me started on orbs. You know, I was like, orbs, do they really call them that? Maybe someone does. Someone does. It says by folklorists and paranormal enthusiasts. So someone's calling them orbs. At least the writer of that article does. Yeah, there is a, they do actually cite their sources because it is Wikipedia. And that's kind of not exactly required, but you're strong armed into it. You are. Um, which is great because then I can follow those sources. Yeah, usually when I hear orb, it's, it's something totally different. It's usually in photographs or videos. Yeah. Um, it's a lot more related to ghosts than it is natural phenomena yeah so that's interesting i guess someone could be making the the jump i mean if you're if you're filming outside yeah either and there's marshy swampy water nearby you can certainly get a a will the wisp sure but yeah when someone talks about orbs in the paranormal that's not what i'm thinking of nope not even a little bit um okay so i wanted to talk a little bit about Heineck and the u.s government's involvement in the ufo or uap phenomenon and this jumps off of swamp gas as well uh so it seems at least according to what was it sheriff's deputy doug harvey that it seems that heineck got a very strong phone call leading him to say that the sightings were just swamp gas after i think he was there for a grand total of like 24 hours and then got this phone call from the government and was like, oh, it's Swamp Gas. We're done. Bye. Yeah, that's what I always read is that he was pressured. Yeah. And that's wonderfully suspicious. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, the, the U.S. did have an entire project for the systematic study of UFOs 
um, after Roswell and after um, a couple more things happened in the early 50s called Project Blue Book that they ended in 1969, um, having said that they couldn't find any evidence. It was all nothing, a whole bunch of a whole bunch of swap gas and ball lightning and ended it. But weird. Yeah, that is weird to me. I, I do know that at the time there was still a lot of concerns about Russia and Soviet Union. Um, so that was another fear that people, there was the fear of like, ah, aliens coming from outer space. But then also, oh, aliens don't exist. It must be the Russians. Yeah. So they usually wanted things tidied up quickly. It could be suspiciously because it's like, ah, they have something to hide. But it also could be, we don't want to cause mass panic because there was already a lot of anxiety in the air. Definitely. But like, I don't know, could it have been the Soviet Union? Meh. They certainly were ahead of us in a lot of ways, technologically, in some ways still are, some ways not so much. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. I, I, hmm. <laughs> when we look at the picture as a whole, which is like the sightings from 65 to 67, from literally Pasadena, California to Newark, New Jersey, I think it both lends a little, like it, it's, it adds and it takes away from the, um, is this just a foreign power spying yeah. on us like i theory. feel like if it were um they would have done more right and, and since the fall of the soviet union like we kind of know what they were up to at this point mm-hmm. i'm sure there's still a lot of secrets but i feel like if something a program that big we would have uncovered i mean we've uncovered so much kgb stuff right and but, i yeah. think i think if they I feel like, and I this is me coming from having no military experience whatsoever, thank goodness. Um, if it was just focused over uh, maybe strategic cities in the US. Right. Um, and I know it was over self, they saw something at Selfridge Air Force Base, but like I even if we're including things like Kecksburg or the Mothman in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, like why show up at these smaller places that if you're um, some superpower Russia or other testing out new technology or trying to spy on us like why go to the tiny towns why would you come to Michigan Uh, well I mean Michigan you've got the University of Michigan Dexter's very close Pasadena you've got the universities there yeah Um, yeah. I don't know that U of M was necessarily involved in anything it wouldn't surprise me it's pretty pretty big international university but I could see going to smaller towns to test things because those people are going to get written off as they were. They were written off. Like, oh, you're just you're just dumb townies. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Like, I can definitely see them see spying over Pasadena because that's where Caltech and like JPL and stuff are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, like, I guess that makes sense. We had Willow Run, but that was kind of over with, I think, after World War II. That was their heyday. Yeah, I think by 1966, it was a little more how it looks now. Um, that is where you see a lot of activity, though. That's true. Um, that's where I I'm, saw something. Driving home one night. Um, I was driving, it was when I lived in Belleville. So I was driving home from Ann Arbor one night. And it was kind of cloudy. And I'm used to seeing planes because um, the Detroit airport is also in that vicinity. Um, so you see planes a little closer than I guess you would elsewhere but it was just like this big light that was like hovering off to the left so the 
Detroit airport would have been on my right and ahead of me. This was on my left and it was below the clouds. And then it just kind of went shooting off across the sky. And I was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> it was so weird. Never seen anything like it. Other, other things that are over there would be like the, the dump is over there. But I, mean, I can't imagine it would be like something coming up from the dump, like some gases, you know, igniting over the dump because it certainly emits gases. <laughs> um, but it wouldn't have gone shooting off like that. And I think those fires in the dump are turned on most of the time. Yes. And you definitely, like, fire looks different. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm used to seeing them. I see them all the time, especially when I was living out there. I saw them every time I drove by, which was, yeah. like, at least twice a day, six days a week, because I worked a lot back then. Yeah, um, yeah. And then there's, there, I mean, there, there's not just that one. They're on the other side. So if you go up like Michigan Ave, Ford Road, that area, you see them also. 275, I think there's one off of there because yep. it's a really yep. big dump. Oh my God, it's so huge. It's <laughs> and it is smelly. Oh, it's so smelly. There's a reason housing over there is sparse and cheap. Yep. But yeah, it was, it was really weird. It was like this big glowing thing. And I was like, oh, that's weird and then when it went shooting off i was like whoa what was that <laughs> that was not what i was expecting you're making me rethink a little bit about what i thought i saw were the northern lights behind some clouds driving home last time i lived here can you see northern lights behind clouds i have no idea having never seen the northern lights before i haven't um. <laughs> i don't think you can because when you when you can see them from here they're very faint and they're very much along the northern um, horizon yeah well I, I was driving home from I forget which job because I held so many when we lived together and it was definitely after dark and it was cloudy I believe I was in I believe I was driving in Belleville so we're probably pretty close to where you were and behind the clouds I saw a whole rainbow of colors kind of fading in and out like I thought it was northern lights because you know how the northern lights like um like undulate almost yeah it was like that in in different like red blue green what i would call like winter court colors just like all those different kinds of like green and teal and turquoise and all of that and red and pink and orange and i was stuck in traffic so it was pretty easy to just kind of sit and stare for a little <laughs> while yeah unfortunately i was driving so i i couldn't really look yeah, because there's kind of like an S curve there at 94. Mm -hmm. um, so I was coming off of that. But yeah, I if you can't see northern lights behind clouds, then I have no idea. Yeah, right. I would think if it was because you don't normally. It's very rare that you see them down here. Mm -hmm. um, we're just a little far south for that. So I would be. They would have to be very strong. I would think for you to have seen them here for one and through the clouds. I'm trying to find online online um i found a northern lights on cloudy nights but it's in iceland that's <laughs> not the same farther north. <laughs> um, yeah i bet you they can see it when it's cloudy yeah <laughs> okay and this see this says the lights of reykjavik so we're, we're up north um still glowed in the distance and the clouds in the sky above our bus all but extinguished a possibility of seeing the famous lights oh okay so if if they can't see them a place where you can like normally see them on cloudy nights you, no you would not be able to see them down here all right then i don't know what that was there were not any at that point in time there were not 
Um, there may have been one of those LED billboards around in the in in our region, but not definitely not as many as there are now. And right. I, and I wasn't on the freeway; I was on a street. Okay. So I don't know. I saw something weird. Yeah, that is weird. Who knows? Maybe it was maybe maybe it was swamp gas in the sky in a crowded suburb. Whatever. Yeah, I and mean, if it was well, because we get that um, lightning in the clouds too, but that's that's pretty obvious. You know what that is. I know what. Yeah, I know what lightning looks like, uh, and it didn't flash. It it literally like undulated in different colors. Yeah, that's really interesting. All right, well, I'll stop saying it's uh, it was the Northern Lights, and then I've definitely never seen them. That sucks. I would like to see them. I would too, but yeah, we have to go up north. Yeah, guess so. Oh, <laughs> it's so cloudy. It's so annoying. They're like, oh, you can see whatever meteor shower. It's like, no, I can't because I live in Michigan and it's friggin' cloudy all, all, the time. all the time. I'm looking outside right now, cloudy. Like it was sunny yesterday, and I was like, oh my god, the sun. Oh my what? god. The cats were going nuts. Like, oh my god, what is this <laughs> in the sky? I think that's all I wanted to bring up about this stuff. I could talk about all the other stuff that happened, but that's outside Michigan. Right. <laughs> I I don't know. I it's interesting that the Mothman stuff happened around the same time, but I don't know if it's connected. I guess I would need a little more a little more explanation on that. I would me. have you read yeah, uh, the Mothman prophecies by John Keel. Yeah, I don't know if I could get through that though. <laughs> um, it's really difficult to get through. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it would probably be way better in audiobook form. That I could maybe get through. Yeah, but. Uh, but uh, I, w- I will say almost a definitive, it's all connected. Hmm. For sure. There were UFO sightings before the Mothman showed up. Yeah, but I mean, correlation isn't necessarily causation. No, but when you look across, uh, when you look at words, when you look across all the things that were happening um, in terms of like UFO sightings um, from 65 to 67 all, all across the US, it was kind of like, um, the Mothman and the collapse of the Silver Bridge was mm, like the culmination of everything. Then why didn't Mothman show up in other places? Uh, that's the big question, my friend. Yeah, and that's what keeps me from thinking it's really connected. Because like, if there were, oh, we had all these UFOs and you know, across the country, across the world, what have you, and also like there were weird creature sightings at the same time, and then the UFOs went away and the creatures went away. I would be more inclined to think so, but it's like this happened all over the world, and in this one place, this other thing also happened. Well, let's see. I think like um, we didn't have Dogman popping up in Dexter. Just like Roswell, we have alleged bodies were recovered, so that would be a you know creature. I would say. I mean, people are creatures too, so I don't feel like too insulting saying that. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I think I think it would be fine to say creatures. I think that's kinder than like, I don't know, some other things I could have said about these things. Yeah. Like I had someone get mad at me once. I don't remember what the argument was because it was years ago. But I go, well, would you call people animals? I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yes, I would. Because Correct. people are animals. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Like, yeah. <laughs> Your argument is invalid. <laughs> yes. Yes, I would call people animals. Yeah. It's because we're animals. It's crazy. Yeah. Because we are. <laughs> Animal is not an insult. I mean, you can you can use it as an insult. You can use anything as an insult. Right, but I, uh, people use the word special as an insult. <laughs> oh yeah, doesn't mean that it is. 
do you have any personal UFO stories? Times you've seen other things you can't explain? Oh man, it's the whole thing that got me into this stuff. Well, that and my mom for watching like sightings all the time. Yep, my um, mom too. <laughs> but and her favorite shows were Star Trek, Sightings, and The X Files. And I was, I didn't like Star Trek, but I was terrified of the other two. But then I was walking home from Sunday school because the church was right down our street. And I was probably eight, maybe. That's about a time when my parents let me walk down the street by myself. And it was about noon because that's when Sunday school got out. So a little afternoon. And I'm just crossing the street to go down to my house. And I look up and there is this cigar shaped thing in the sky. And it was huge. Like I could see the individual panels that made up the uh, craft. And it had like a little periscope thing on top. And I, it had windows, but it was a really sunny day. And I don't think there would be any chance that I could see in those windows. It was too far for that. I stopped dead in my tracks. I was probably in the middle of the street, but um, I grew up on a really quiet, in a really quiet neighborhood. So I probably wouldn't have gotten hit by a car. And I just watched it for probably a little less than a minute uh, and then freaked out (laughs) and sprinted down the street to my house. Um, Dad was washing his car in the front lawn i didn't say anything to him i didn't say anything to anyone because i was way too freaked out and i just kind of went about my day as normal and didn't actually tell my mom until i think sometime in high school and that's kind of what scared me half to death of this stuff but also got me interested in it i still wouldn't watch the x-files i didn't watch the x-files till i was an adult and even then it's really scary yeah, I mean, I watched it. I remember watching the premiere, but I'm also five years older than you. So, yeah. <laughs> like, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my mom watched all that stuff too. And I, I remember being a, a kid, I don't know, uh, riding in the backseat of my parents' car. We were driving home from my grandparents who live, it was kind of out in the country, especially back then. Now there are a bunch of subdivisions and crap. Um, but back then, there was hardly anything out there. And I was just looking up at the stars because I couldn't really see the stars at home around Kalamazoo, yeah. but I could see them out there. So I was just watching the stars out the window, and there was this one that was just kind of hovering, maybe twinkling or something. And then it suddenly shot off. <laughs> like, it wasn't a falling star because it didn't fall. It went shooting off at, like, a di- um, like upward, off-to-the-side kind of angle. Mm-hmm. Um and I've watched several meteor showers, and I've never seen a meteor do this. And I was like, holy crap, what was that? <laughs> like, what did I just see? Stars don't normally behave that way. Planes nope. don't behave that way. Helicopters don't behave that way. Nothing behaves that way where it's just hovering. And it looked like a, a star. It was very, 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 very small. Mm-hmm. Like a star. And then, yeah, it just suddenly went shooting off. Wow. It was, I was just completely dumbfounded. Because so I was like, well, that's not a falling star because it didn't fall. No, those are incredibly routine and predictable. Like, when you look up in the sky, you know what a falling star looks like. <laughs> yeah. And they happen very quickly. Yes. You don't, it doesn't, like, sit there and hover and then fall. <laughs> That's not how they work. Oh, no. Um, the weirdest one was, was the one in Belleville. Um, yeah. And I've heard that they're often seen in Canton, which, again, is around willow run airport um airport um which is private airport and also a museum they have the big air show there every year 
but yeah, I've, I've heard that from several people and I, I come across little news clips every once in a while when I'm looking into stuff, um, either for Haunted Mitten or for other things. Yep. Uh, yep. And, and yeah, Canton is often brought up, but that would make sense with um, the airports being there. But I've never seen anything around the Detroit airport other than, you know, planes. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, it, I think even if there was, I think it's too busy of an airport to tell. Yeah, it's very busy. It's very bright. Yeah. Um, whereas is uh, Willow Run is well, not for one. <laughs> also, it's kind of not exactly rural, but it's 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 not near a city. No, and and especially kind of during the quote unquote heyday of UFOs, it would have been rural. I don't think a lot of those. Oh yeah. Communities were there. Oh yeah, because so much of Canton are like I would say within the last 10, 20 year subdivisions. Yes. Yeah. Poor yeah. rich people. Oh, what? What? Hmm? What? Yeah. And, and I, I mean, just in the last, what, like eight or so, eight, nine years, I've seen Michigan Avenue just like explode with stuff. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> and Ford Road. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I'm, that's all I really want to talk about. Yeah. I, I would be really interested in um, hearing what other people have. Cause I'm, I'm sure people have had experiences with this all over Michigan. Oh my God. Yeah. Please email Especially us further north where it where you can see the sky better um where we have a couple of dark parks up there the up is has we have several several beautiful forests and um of course over the lakes you'd see um, a lot of the sky up there i feel like this is this is a good viewing state just because we have so much lake and you can't build cities on lakes yet we haven't anyway you can thank, we haven't thank goodness can we not yeah <laughs> yeah um if you have had sightings or encounters or maybe especially if you were around 65 through 67 email us i would like to hear your story yeah because especially like i mean in dexter it was a big thing and and hillsdale sounded like it's a huge thing went on for hours one of the deputies drew a picture of what he saw you can see that on cronkite's special Mm -hmm. Um, he draws it for him and it does not look anything like a will-o'-the-wisp swamp gas no nothing it looks nothing like that it looks uh, like like a let me say football but it's a little more squished than that Um, it's kind of like a deflated one yeah deflate gate oh controversy um (laughs) oh no yeah but he it's he gets like a big i don't know if he's like a sketch artist or whatever but he gets out this big piece of paper and he sketches it for him and he explains it and he points things out and yeah, it's pretty cool. So yeah, definitely check out the Walter Cronkite special. Yeah, and that and that is on that is in its entirety on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, several people have uploaded that. Oh yeah. And while I didn't mention any of the books, any books this time around because everything I got was from newspaper articles, most of it from aadl.org in their um, archives. Thanks archives team. Anything uh, any books that we mentioned on the podcast are available at bookshop.org/slash shop slash haunted mitten if you want to read more about haunted stories and would like to get your own copy every purchase benefits this podcast as well as the independent bookstore of your choice and of course the authors most of whom are fellow michiganders it's a win-win-win uh don't forget to like and review haunted mitten so more people find us follow us on facebook meta whatever the fuck it's called twitter and instagram at haunted mitten we are also on patreon 
$1 a month gets you access to the private Haunted Mitten Discord server, as well as exclusive Patreon content, including the audio recording of our very first live presentation at Frankenfest Detroit about historic Fort Wayne, and our presentation for the Pinckney Library, which was actually video recorded. Uh, so you can see my lovely book collection. I don't know. <laughs> you can see my face, I guess, if that's something that you want. If, if you like to keep the mystery alive. Uh, you can just minimize the window and let's just listen to it. Yeah, I might put up <laughs> audio and video just so that people can decide what they want to listen to. But they're they're very large files. But yeah, it was it was great. I had a lot of fun. Oh, it was awesome! Everybody was really responsive. Thank you to Hope, uh, the director of the Pinkney Library, who was amazing and just super prepared and really good at keeping us from having any downtime. Yeah, much and, appreciated. And- very um enthusiastic and in, into it and yeah she was she was wonderful yes so, yay pinky library yay libraries yay libraries this is what we do um library love <laughs> uh like i said earlier you can email us at contact haunted mitten at gmail.com hey you did it i said it right ah yes uh if you have a story of your own that you want to share we want to hear or want to get in contact about a collaboration or a show or a sponsorship or an ad any of that stuff send us an email we're relatively quick at getting back to you sometimes we'll do our best well we'll be faster now that it's no longer october correct yes now that it's no longer our busy month oh my god um, you can find me, K Gray, at uh, K, just the letter K, Gray writes, W R I T E S. Um, I'm pretty much on some of the social meds. I don't use Facebook as much as humanly possible, but I am on Instagram and I do tweet a lot. That's my, that's my, that's my thing now is tweeting. So you can go find me there. And you can find me, Krista, at Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Krista K Coburn. C-R-Y-S-T-A-K-C-O-B-U-R-N. And I also monitor the Haunted Mitten Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. Kay also mon- monitors the, the Twitter, but um, Facebook sends me messages all the dang time. So <laughs> I, I get them pretty much immediately. And thank you for doing all of that. You're welcome. Because <laughs> I would forget and people would be mad at us. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, I allow it to send me dings so i'm like yeah cool because like because we don't get that many you know what i mean so yeah and that's definitely something i want to respond to as as soon as i can yes so please don't be mad at us uh oh my god we have merch we do go to hauntedmitten.store for all your haunted mitten needs we have one design up on a lot of different things we can tell you for right right now the shirts are really soft and really awesome so comfy. <laughs> You're so comfy. Uh, we hope to have other designs going up soon too. Um, and I will add to that if you have designs that you want to share, we're totally open to taking a look and talking to you about them. Neither of us are graphic designers. We're doing our best. So yep. <laughs> please come share. Let's 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 make a thing. Let's do some things. 